We continue in worship as we hear these words from the prophet Isaiah chapter 56, verses 1 and 6 through 8. Thus says the Lord, maintain justice and do what is right, for soon my salvation will come and my deliverance be revealed. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, all who keep the Sabbath and do not profane it and hold fast to my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Thus says the Lord God, who gathers the outcasts of Israel, I will gather others to them besides those already gathered. And from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter, chapter 15, verses 10 through 28. Then Jesus called the crowd to him and said to them, Listen and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it is what comes out of the mouth that defiles. Then the disciples approached and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if one blind person guides another, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Explain this parable to us. And then he said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and goes out into the sewer? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and that is what defiles. For out of the heart come evil intentions, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat what with unwashed hands does not defile. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then the Canaanite woman from a region from that region called out, came out and started shouting, "Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon." But he did not answer her at all, and his disciples came and urged him saying, "Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us." He answered, "I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel." And she came and knelt before him saying, "Lord, help me." He answered, it is not fair to take the child's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed from that moment. Who are we? To whom do we belong? And how do we recognize it in ourselves, and how do we recognize it in one another? Questions of identity have been central to human experience for as long as humankind have existed. We have tried to understand who we are, what it means, how it impacts others, and why it matters in the stories we have told throughout the millennia. And for many of us, identity has come from our understanding of who created us. That is true for those of us who gather for worship in places like this on mornings like this. We gather to remember a story about who we are 
and about what it means and how it impacts the world around us. Today we have heard scriptures that repeat over and over again God's call for justice and righteousness, for the kind of living that demonstrates God's great love and care for all creation. Our identity, who we are, and to whom we belong is central to the ways in which we act and live each day. When the prophet Isaiah is speaking to the people of Israel, he is speaking to people who have come home. They have been in exile for many years. They have learned to be who they are in a different place. And they have had to sort out and struggle to understand how they are God's people without God's temple in a place that is not the promised land. They have been disrupted in their understanding of who they are, but God has never left them alone. They have come to understand that God's covenant is with them, alive in relationship with the people of God. But now they're back home, where they belong, where they understand their identity in particular ways. So it might have been quite shocking for the prophet Isaiah to say, God is going to gather in all who follow, even the foreigners among us. Those who follow in God's ways will be gathered in with all the rest. Imagine for a moment what it must feel like to these Israelites who are finally back where they belong in the center of their identity as they have known it. And now God, but is it and now God or was it and always God, was saying, you have been blessed through the covenant with me to be a blessing to the world. And so... We continue as people in relationship with God to be gathered in. The blessing of God expands beyond the limits of our own understandings to identify and recognize the people whose actions mark them as God's own children. This brings us to Matthew. For those preachers in the room, you might have read this scripture once or twice and thought, why today? It's difficult to read this scripture and not wonder what it is that we can say to answer all of your questions, all of my questions. So I'm going to tell you right out front, I have no intention of answering all the questions. So if you leave with a question, I expect it. I intend to leave with my own. But as I thought about this question of identity and what's happening in the story whenever Jesus with his disciples is talking about these religious leaders who are holding so tightly to what they understand about who they are, are holding so tightly to the rules that tell them who is in and who is out and how we can know and recognize 
those barriers and boundaries, Jesus is telling his disciples that they are missing the point. The traditions of religion are not meant to exclude, but they are meant to help us remember. To remember the promises of the covenant, which calls us into relationship with God to be sent out as witnesses to that relationship, to build bridges to that relationship. And then a woman calls out for Jesus. Lord, son of David, help me. And this woman is a Canaanite. Her people have been displaced by the Israelites in the land where they are. She knows that she is not an acceptable recipient of the promise for most people. And yet she asks Jesus for help. She recognizes Jesus for who he is, Lord God, Son of David. I know the kingdom that you tell us about. I know the kingdom that you have proclaimed that is already here at work. And in that kingdom, your help is available even to someone like me. And so she asks with faith for what she knows she can receive. She knows who Jesus is, and she asks him to help her. How often do those of us who know who Jesus is ask for Jesus to help us? To help us consider where and how we need to be disrupted in order for the transformational love of God to open us to where God is leading us in life. Where are we willing to allow God's kingdom to accelerate with us? How many of us find ourselves wondering exactly how far we can go with this kingdom that seems to have no end, that expands beyond all of the identifying markers that we hold so dear because they help us understand who we are. They have made us who we are. Where we have come from and how we have learned are all packaged in these identifying markers, the actions of our lives. If you know anybody in um, my family, when we concentrate, we stick out our tongues. We do a lot of other things that are similar, and if you know us, you probably could pick those out. And I imagine that in your own chosen families, in your biological families, you can think of things that you do that you go, oh, we're in this together. We belong. One of the most wonderful things about the church is that we have those same kind of identifying markers. Those places where we go, oh, that's me and you. So we've got this. Salem, Salem sisters, we've got rings, we've got acknowledgement of what we have done that we recognize together. In the church, we have signs and symbols. We have table and font and pulpit. We have these things that remind us of who we are. Those gifts, when held too tightly, can keep us from the wonderful message they are meant to impart.
What if Jesus had not been willing to accelerate the kingdom of God for the Canaanite woman who asked for help? What if even though she knew that the kingdom was already here, he had said, you need to wait until all of Israel understands what's going on here. Until all of Israel understands that this blessing is available to all who believe. Jesus didn't do that because God's justice, God's care for the world has always been expansive, has always been about the blessing that goes forth to bring others into the experience of faith, love, and hope that makes life abundant, full of all that is good, that makes life just and righteous. We as people of a covenant are invited to always question the ways in which our identities bump up against the things that God is calling us to do, the actions that God is calling us to take, How are we showing up in the world as witnesses to this great love? When do we show up so that God can show off in the midst of the communities where we find ourselves? God's covenant is a reminder that we are not alone to do this work of justice. That we don't have to be the ones to figure out all of the answers. We simply are invited to be faithful as we can in the moments given to us. When there is an opportunity to show love, when there is an opportunity to give hope, let us take it. Let us be built up and given strength through the traditions that shape us, through the practices that help us remember who we are and why we are and to whom we belong. Because it is by knowing to whom we belong that we will act in accordance with the ways of Christ who leads us into the future, who helps us to recognize, ah, you're one of me. We're in this together. The promise of God's love and relationship is that we are together with God, serving the world, that it may know of God's love and respond in kind. As we live deeply into our own identity as people of God, I am sure that our lives will reflect the faith, love, and hope that is the result of such a great love showered on us and on all creation that we together may witness and live in the abundance that is promised. In a just world where righteousness is done, And we're all 
walk together with God. Amen.